0: fabulous
1: yes it is i your humble host bill hatch the third coming to you live from the palatial home studios of bald spots productions here in the beautiful city of santa Ana, california almost didn't get through it in one breath <laughs> joining me as per usual in studio is my friend my brother in christ the disembodied voice of rudy hi everybody i love you all walka 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 with the lord and joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. How you doing,
0: Pop? I'm doing very well. Good evening, my fellow Bible Inquisitors. Hope you're ready for another session of our looking at the scriptures.
1: Yes, indeed. It is another episode of YWL Online's totally approachable Bible study for all. And uh, we're glad to have you with us as we journey through the psalms, digging deep as we go to uh, squeeze as much meaning out of it as is humanly possible in an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point.
1: So, yep. We but some interesting first. Stuff. But first. Yes, indeed. But first, before we get through all, into all this wonderful material. We have time for a Rudy minute.
2: Walk to walk a walk a walk a walk, walk, walk the Lord. Indeed, I know you all, and you know what my uh, thing. When you're struggling, there there are a few people that will help you, and and I, and it's a love thing. It's beautiful, and what it is is we should appreciate the people because sometimes when you're in the corner, they're there for you. And I want to thank the pastor. Uh, Miss Bill Hatch and I Eileen mean Hatch, they're so wonderful and beautiful. I feel like I'm part of the family. Sometimes I feel they wish that they would have had me instead of Bill. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking I know. But, uh, uh, but you know It's a beautiful thing. And, and uh, thank you. And you know what? And I, I know I have the Holy Spirit in me because when I pass the word of God to people, I enjoy it, and I feel a great, great pleasure doing that. So please get that pleasure that I get. That's the word of God, and I love y'all. Waka waka, with Lord. Well, she. Yeah, huh? <laughs> there
0: than you, interesting. Yes. Two, a couple issues with that, my son Rudy.
2: Uh oh, you're Rudy in trouble now. You're in trouble with, with that. Dad.
1: I know. Before I met Eileen, what about the? I took the suit. Super- That's true. That would have been uh, quite miraculous. What? If if they, if you had been their son instead of uh, instead of me, because uh, you would have uh, been born five years before they met. God forgives. <laughs> no, <forget laughs> nothing. it would have been a miracle because they hadn't gotten together at all. Hey, probably the it <laughs> I would have been the Mexican Moses. It's the Mexican Moses, okay.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, I'm going to get out of that topic real quick. I, I think so. But the fact is, Rudy, you are our child in the Lord, and you are also at the same time a brother in the Lord. So... Indeed, You know, it's like, hmm, son and brother at the same time. That sounds pretty strange.
1: (laughs) Well, in the Lord, uh, we get some mighty strange uh, relationships.
0: That is true. That is true.
1: After all, uh, you know, uh, at one point, uh, David says, the Lord said to my Lord, and he's talking about his ever so many great grandsons.
0: Yes, indeed. About twenty-eight from him to Jesus. I know it's forty-eight <laughs> between Abraham and Jesus. So it's yeah. about that. It's okay. Trying to figure all those things out is very difficult. And that always the Bible will always give us questions that we need to consider and be aware to. In fact, we're going to start that way with with the Selah in verse 19. Yes. At the end, we verse will. 19. At least I would like to see that. For those of you who are, have, I'm, we've been a couple of weeks off on our Bible studies and our Saturday uh, programs, sorry. I've, but, uh, I've been calling them a uh, topical study. Topical studies, okay. But here we are ready to get back into it. And if you don't remember, it is Psalm 68. Last time we didn't finish. We had to hold it off at verse 19. Yep. So Psalm 68:19. If you want to turn to your scriptures and have a look, I am turned. Well, I didn't mean you.
1: (laughs) Oh, hold on. I have. I don't have the right. uh, Let's see. There we go. There's Psalm 68. I have 69 opened
0: up. There we go. There's, there's 68. Okay.
2: Let's I don't see.
0: know how much after this verse I want to cover in 68. So if you want to be ready to share some of the notes you've pulled up on those, it would be helpful. Sure. I would be uh, happy to. I, If you don't mind, I'll, I'll start it off with basically just 19 and 20a, as it were. Uh, That means the first stanza of verse 20, folks. But here we have in 19, blessed be the Lord day after day. He bears our burdens. And God does bear our burdens. We don't know why. So don't spend a whole lot of time wondering why God loves us the way he does. Mm -hmm. And he does care for us. Um, but you know, even God, I think, in my humanly terms of thought, that I believe God bears our burdens even more so since Jesus came into the world and experienced those burdens, those temptations, those desires. And he was able to overcome them because he is God, of course. And he was setting an example that says we can do so. But God was bearing the country of Israel's burdens. And so we have this flat-out statement from David. He believed it. I believe it. The Bible says it, so I really believe it. It must Uh, be true. Yes, exactly. And then what I find interesting is the second stanza of it's the third line in mine, but it's still the last stanza of 19. It says, God is our salvation, Selah. Yes. And I wonder about this Selah in particular, because the first stanza of verse 20, is almost identical to it. So I'm just wondering aloud. So ready, Bill? I'm wondering aloud. Okay. Did someone else put the Selah in at this point? Or is there a great period of time between the writing of verse 19 and the writing of verse 20.
2: Hmm.
0: I don't know if any of you, I know you have, but with school papers. Remember back when we had to do school papers? Yep. And we would write something out and then we would take a break. <laughs> and then we would go back to it. But here in verse 20, because it's so nearly exam, you know, identical to 19. You know, was it the Selah there because he wrote out verse 19 and he said, think about it, and he took a break? <laughs> and
2: or thought about
0: some it. I'm sorry? <laughs> and thought about it. And exactly. <laughs> or if he uh, someone else actually came along and was reading and say writing off Selah, think about this, uh, because it's so important. You know, now Mm -hmm. we have a more specific name to our salvation. It's Jesus. Yes. David didn't have that. And Mm -hmm. uh, that Selah there just makes me wonder a little bit. Nothing to take away from anything, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: whether it is inspired by God, by someone else to write. Think about it in there, because we certainly know the Old Testament points to the earthly life of Jesus. And Jesus is our salvation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and then, so,
0: of
1: course, my uh, my verse twenty A is uh, in the Amplified uh, says God is to us a God of acts of salvation. Um, so okay. slightly different from uh, from the, the end of nineteen, the
0: God who is our salvation. Um, All right. That's, that's certainly a possibility. Yeah. The overall theme here, though, is that God is salvation, and we call Jesus to our account of that right now. Hmm. So, yeah, that's what I have on those. The next few verses for me just get a little bit too gory, you know. (laughs) Uh, I certainly reflective of what it was like when they were fighting back at the time of David. That is true. And we Um, know that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. uh, It's just wandering, babbling mostly that Hollywood for years, you know, one, they didn't have color. So blood wasn't a big deal. And then they started getting color and making it uh, either not at all showy or very showy like it is now mm-hmm. uh, and we can't think about Hollywood representations of blood gut and gore yeah. we just shouldn't yeah. the yeah, Bible it's... does bad enough on its own <laughs> <laughs> there is definitely a lot of
1: blood and gore in the uh, in the Bible, especially in the old testament and uh, and one particular part of the New testament. Which, uh, which, depending on how far we get today, this morning, uh, today, um, we'll, uh, we, we may get into some of it today. Okay. <laughs> but, right. uh, um, but anyway, I do have an interesting bit on verse 20 um, okay. in, the, uh, in part B. Um, if you look closely, you'll see it says, And to God the Lord belong escapes from death. If you look closely, you'll see that the word God is all in capital letters. That's because it's being translated from the Hebrew Yahweh. Normally, it's rendered in all caps, Lord. But this time, and it doesn't say why it's translated as God, but I'm thinking it's because it wouldn't wouldn't sound too good to read it Lord the Lord. And so this is the time. This time they translated it as God, the Lord. When it is when it in the Hebrew would be Yahweh the Lord. Uh, Yahweh probably something like El Shaddai or or something like that. Um, but because uh, um, it doesn't say what the, the Lord uh, is translated as. But uh, uh, but yeah, this is the one time uh, that I that I know of. Uh, anyway, not that that says much. Uh, where uh where Yahweh is translated as God
0: instead of Lord. my translation does not have God at all. It has the first Lord in capitals and the second Lord with a capital L huh. and quite truthfully, I didn't even notice it yeah. until you mentioned it. yeah it's too easy just to read through it, rush through as it were, mm-hmm. Lord my Lord Lord my Lord. Uh, Yep, God the Lord. Yep. But uh, um... And, you know, in our personal lives, that's the way some scriptures will jump out mm-hmm. at us. And we should be aware and, and make note of that, that, wow, this one really strikes me. What is it that's different? And look at it to find out. And you might find something just like, oh, I wonder why that is all capitals in mind or in your translation, why it says God, my Lord, instead of repeating God, my God, yeah. as an example. So very good.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um,
0: let's see, Going,
1: moving on, um, there were some interesting translation differences that I noticed. Um, let's see, the, uh, the Young's Literal uses, uh, let's see, the, the verse is in the Amplified, Is uh, surely God will shatter the head of his enemies the hairy scalp of one who goes on in his guilty ways Um, what I noticed because in reading multiple translations is that uh, um, the Young's literal translation uses habitual so meaning not just one a habitual walker in his guilt um, the Berean Standard Bible uses persist Use of uh, the one who is persistent, who persists in his guilt, uh, while other translations use terms like go on, "goes on." Um, and I, I like the habitual. I, I thought that added a, a certain something as far as uh, the the meaning of the guilt that they're going on in. That it's not just something they're doing; it's a habit, or uh, or a. a one who persists is almost forceful in their this the second
0: half of verse 20 again no no
1: this is uh this is 21. okay thank you Sorry. but uh, um but yeah um the hairy crown of a habitual walker in his guilt is uh is the young okay. literal translation but uh um but i did you know that each one gives a different flavor goes on is just seems to me like, oh, it's a thing, you know whatever I'm going on in this. Habitual makes it sound like it's gotten beyond the person's control, at least to me. you know, like a like any habit. it's it's out of our control now. Now we have to force ourselves to get out of that habit.
0: And uh, well, do you think perhaps that David is tired of war? Possibly.
1: I mean, I, I would think the, the well, what's it, it's been said, I've heard it said before that the first one who wants peace is the, is the soldier. You know, that mm. a soldier is, uh, is, is the first one to get tired of war. So, uh, um, so I could definitely
0: see, uh, see David
1: uh, wanting to stop war.
0: uh, um... knowing that it's gotten to be so habitual and regular and even though God is saving him it's still a terrible thing. I cannot envision at all being back at that time frame and killing people as a chaplain and yet we have Old Testament examples of of chaplains killing uh, Mm -hmm. people So they weren't called chaplains but if you look hard you'll find that Indeed, uh, Phineas was a chaplain, mm-hmm. son of Aaron, yeah. grandson, grandson of Aaron,
2: mm-hmm.
0: one of Aaron's family. A <laughs> descendant of Aaron. Yeah. One of the priestly part. And uh, And he definitely went out and did some killing, and he was a priest, which is another name for a chaplain. Yeah, so. yeah
1: um yeah and uh Clear. you know even to more modern times i mean uh, there are examples in the u.s revolutionary war and the u.s civil war of uh of ministers uh going to uh going into battle um ready to kill yes.
0: um and then they took the weapons away from yep. us gave them to your. Assistants. so in my my 20 plus years as a military chaplain i never carried a right. weapon other than the double-edged sword that is called the Bible. Right. <laughs> um, there was also a,
1: uh, a, a note here. Uh, Dr. William Kay, a uh, uh, biblical scholar and cleric who translated Psalms in the early 1800s, uh, he said mm-hmm. that the hairy scalp points almost certainly to Absalom. Uh, others take it as uh-huh. merely indicating the young and the strong. Because... Okay. You know, youngsters
0: have full heads of hair. <clears throat> so, yeah, that means we could place this psalm mm-hmm. later in David's life—not not totally late, but later, right. because of his grown son Absalom. hadn't considered. Yeah, them.
1: yeah, I thought it was uh, worth noting, um, and uh, yeah. Um, You know it's funny as I was as I've been looking up, starting to look up who I've been using in their commentary. I I lean heavily in the 1800s. (laughs) The pulpit commentary was written in the 1800s. Charles Ellicott was uh, was in the 1800s. Doctor William K was in the 1800s.
0: (laughs) You skip my favorite C H Spurgeon. Yeah,
1: I skipped Spurgeon.
0: He wasn't easy to get to. (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm.
0: No, and, you know, I also found out that other people's evaluations of him is that he was manic-depressive. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, And the fact that, you know, it was always pushing Jesus Mm -hmm. like he had no choice. Mm -hmm. And he did. Have a choice. We all have a choice, but it was that important to him that it made him manic depressive because not everybody Mm -hmm. fell in line with his teachings. And for those of you who are listening, Jesus had 12 disciples, and one of them did not make it. It also tells we're told by Paul in Acts that. At one time, more than 500 people saw Jesus between his resurrection and his ascension. Right. And 10 days later after the ascension, only 120 people were in the upper room. Uh, we should not think that everything we do is going to be successful. A mm-hmm. hundredfold, if I may use that example. Right. Uh and we can't let that discourage us. Yeah. We need to take our Christian example and spread it out like seed, and hope that the seed will develop in good soil and grow, and itself grow out to others.
2: Right. Or if our uh, job is to water
0: live. to uh,
1: those seeds, to uh, to do our best or, to water them, or to harvest, or to if harvest we're that yeah. way. There are different ways we are all, we are each blessed.
0: Um, yes. Yeah. Okay, but we don't worry about Abba and his hairy brow, but maybe. <laughs> all right. Maybe. Indeed. What else do you have on Uh CDA, Let's see. Um, in
1: verse 22, uh, there is, uh, let's see, um, uh, Bashan is uh, a reference to King Og again. Uh, Bashan is uh, in, was the land of King Og, Um and uh, um, and it was just used as an example, an exemplar of, uh, um, if if you will, uh, um, standing. Uh, let's see, um, standing for land, as opposed to just saying from land I bring back, saying of you know from Bashan, um, and then uh, let's see. Um, This one's actually kind of interesting uh, because the Amplified version says the sea being referenced as the Red Sea, Um, usually referring to the Sea of Reeds or whatever sea body of water the Israelites crossed on on dry ground after which the Egyptians drowned. Uh, (laughs) So either, either they miraculously walked on dry land under the Red Sea or the Egyptians drowned in a quarter inch of water. Um, either of which is just as miraculous as the other. Uh, Amen to that. <laughs> um, now, uh, I also noticed the King James Version says, I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea, while the other translations make it sound like the Lord is bringing the enemies of Israel back from the sea. And hmm. so there there was a little bit of, uh, from Bashan I bring back, uh, what am I reading? I'm reading Young's Literal uh from Rashawn, i bring back i bring back from the depths of the sea kind of uh um kind of uh just miscellaneous um yeah and uh and the kgv kjv says uh uh, yeah the kgb says um oh wait a minute but uh um let's see i will bring my specifically says i will bring my people again from the depths of the sea and so uh um, so we have really a a very different uh feel from uh from the different translations
0: there and it very well could be that it's just david referencing things that he knew the everyday readers of the, his day would know and be able to reference to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that's what we always have to look at. You know, David wasn't writing to us who know so much more today than they did back then, but he was writing at things that they did know back then. Yeah. So those two references might well be just that,
2: references
0: they could relate to. Right.
1: Archetype. That's the word I was trying to remember. Uh, Bashan is used as an archetype for places online, on land where Israel's enemies might try to hide.
0: Um, yeah, for me, that's just too, too extreme or too deep of an understanding for the common folks. Mm. You know, I don't think David would have been reaching for things people did not understand. Right.
1: But they uh, would have they known they have... would have known bashan what bashan what where bashan was and and what yes. that meant to uh, to them. yeah
0: and i have no doubt they would have absolutely known about the red or reed at sea yep and the destruction of the egyptian army <laughs> yes. because god has always been carrying the burdens that we talked about in verse 19 right um okay let's see skipping ahead to
1: 24 um in the uh, in the the timeline of this uh of this psalm um, we're finding another transition in uh, in 24 to 27 um, where the uh, the conquest of Canaan is now complete and God has gone up into his sanctuary and uh, and verse what with verse 24 uh, this is a reference to the procession bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Mount Zion um, Let's see. Uh, some critics suppose a particular occasion to be pointed at, but the expression "goings" rather indicates something habitual or, at any rate, recurring. Um, so, uh, so it may not be spe- a specific time that uh, um, that the that the ark went up, but uh, um, but all the times. Um, let's see, uh, verse twenty-five. Um, It turns out that in Assyrian musical processions, the players on instruments precede the singers, according to ancient monarchies. Um, Let's see, verse 26. No, that's okay. Um, Let's see, and then in verse 28 through 35, uh, the psalmist is, uh, is looking to the future. Um, he first prays uh, that God will complete the work which he's begun by continually strengthening, strengthening Israel. Then he rises to prophecy. And, uh, and we see uh, verse 28, uh, summon your power, O God. Um, let's see, some, uh, most Hebrew manuscripts apparently translate your God has summoned your power. Unless, of course, you're reading the NIV, in which case most Hebrew manuscripts say, your god has summoned power for you <laughs> some real disagreement there um Hello. yeah um let's see 29 uh this verse is a strong argument for referring the psalm either to the time of the rebuilding of the temple or its rededication after the pollution by antiochus Epiphanes. um so uh yeah so uh, dr ellicott uh, doesn't think this was written by uh, by david obviously Hmm. and he's looking for reasons why um let's see and then verse 30 apparently the reason why you can get so confused by it is that the meaning of this hebrew verse is uncertain They're, they're not entirely sure what this means verse 30 that is it's uh um and that's why uh that's why the i mean i know i had to read it several times um, I've got the uh, got five different versions, uh, translations of the Bible open, and each one of them made made me think twice because it's just like uh, what? But uh, um, but yeah, we're we're not entirely theologians are not entirely sure, or translators, I suppose I should say, are not entirely certain sure what the Hebrew here means. And then of course in verse 32 we have another selah. So sing unto God, ye kingdoms of the earth, those sing praises unto the Lord. Stop and consider that. Because uh, here we are. Uh, now we're talking about the future, about prophecy. Um, you know, he's talking about a time when, uh, um, you know, in the Messianic kingdom, when all the earth will be praising the Lord. And um uh, uh, so uh so we should be uh we should definitely be stopping to consider that. Did you have anything else for uh
0: for 68? Yeah, I think I did and don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but back up in verse 25. Okay. Among the musicians are young women playing yes. with tambourines. Mm-hmm women could be a vital outward expression of artistic rejoicing to the Lord. Indeed. For our listeners who do not know, uh, men and women in the strict Jewish belief worship from two different levels. Mm -hmm. Uh, The balcony section is for women and men are up front. And women take the strong; men take the strong lead in worship. But here, David is saying they're right up front. Yep. They're playing, and not only that, but men were taught how to play musical instruments, not women. So what did they do? They developed tambourines.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, uh, we have Miriam uh, picking up a tambourine in uh, uh, in Genesis, or not Genesis, yes. Exodus. Sorry. <laughs> Um, and uh, um, I one of the one of the commentaries I read uh, said that uh, the way uh, the way it would have been uh, um, assembled with the singer with the players of instruments and the singers um, that the young women would have surrounded them and so not being in a particular you know front or back but all around all-encompassing Around, yes. the, uh, around the, the singers and, and the players of instruments.
0: Yeah, but it's elevating them, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And which is the way it should be. Right. Not above us, but literally equal to. Mm-hmm. And that's why I will never speak against women preaching in church. <laughs> and Indeed. that's the way that is. We should be always looking. But I didn't want to really leave that out. No, no, that's That's a a good strong one. But the fact that it may have been started by David and finished by someone else, it may have been started by David and then continued by David later on, and then finished by someone else is all up to us. But we look primarily at God is the carrier of the burdens of people. For me, yes, and to be able to say that, wow, God is with us. Nobody can stand against us, uh, and He can certainly bring about victory in all sorts of ways. Yes,
2: He can,
0: and
1: okay. uh, yeah, He will use. He will use whoever will be used, and uh, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Because uh, we see plenty of examples of uh, of Lord using uh, using women to get uh, whatever it is he wants done done. Yep. Yeah. So anything else for sixty eight?
0: No, sir. Then on to sixty nine. Okay. I never expanded my screen. I was looking at me in a little tiny thing. <laughs> now, I'm, now I can, oh, you poor people, you. You got to look at me some more. Yep. <laughs> All right. Psalm 69. Okay, I
1: have titles. Yeah. And, good. and I have an interesting title to start with. The Amplified calls it a cry of distress and invocation on adversaries. Now so I had what? to look up imprecation. Okay, it means swearing. Ah. so a cry of distress and swearing on adversaries. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The the I, the the thought uh, seemed to be more along the lines of uh, of of what we would call swearing today. Um, not a not a curse. Of uh, of may God rain something down on you, but something we would consider foul and obscene. Mm. Uh, that's the that's the idea I got from the word imprecation from looking that yes. up. <laughs> but okay. uh, uh, but anyway, it's uh, to the chief musician, set to the tune of lilies, a psalm of David. Yep, the
0: lilies of David, which means it's another song. Yep. Very good on that part. Um, let's see. Got else Yes, I do. Um,
1: not as interesting. Um, well, not as not as funny, I guess. Uh, the English Standard says, "Save me, O God." The Berean Standard says, "The waters are up to my neck." The King James, and this I found something. Uh, I did find something somewhat interesting. The waters have come up to my neck. To the chief musician, upon Shoshanim. And I had to look that up, too. Uh, Shoshanim uh, is is literally translated from the Hebrew meaning lilies. It's mentioned in Psalm 45 and here in 69. Its meaning in these psalms is uncertain. Some believe it to be a kind of lily-shaped straight trumpet, a six-stringed instrument, a word commencing a song, or the melody to which these psalms were to be sung. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, there, I mean, you consider it's been what 3000 years since David's been around. So it doesn't surprise me that there's a lot of things that are in the Psalms that we're not quite sure what it means. Mm -hmm. Um, Prayerfully, the Lord will, uh, will shed light on it. But uh, if we don't know it from uh, on this side of eternity, we'll know it on the other side.
0: I agree fully (laughs) looking at it from an earthly perspective, while all of us could get or see a copy of the declaration of independence. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that there are a few different words inside of it that we'd say, what did he say? Right. Oh yeah. Uh, And you know, and that's just from 300 years. Mm -hmm. Shoot. Yeah. You can get different meanings of words from 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> uh, they always make a big to-do about the uh, number of words that Webster's Dictionary has added yeah. to vocabulary of, of the English language yeah. uh, because of that. And so, yes, you're absolutely right. Do you have any other titles? No, nope, those are all the titles. You want to share? All right, well, I'll give you my two. Okay. Uh, In my study Bible, it says a plea for rescue for the choir director according to the lilies of David. And in my uh, daily reading Bible study and nightly Bible, it says it calls for God to scatter Israel's enemies. Uh, We then read of David's despair in being persecuted and his desire for his enemies to be punished. Mm -hmm. Again, something that we're not supposed to desire since the time of Jesus. Right. But sure enough, uh, then it was not for the destruction of enemies, but Mm -hmm. that's what David wanted. Right. Uh, I have a psalm with messianic implications. And it gives several references uh, without giving the individual verses of 69. And then I have David unleashes his emotions. Uh, God who knows David's problems does not seem to respond. And David suffers because of his stand for God and fears that others may falter in their faith because of him, which leads me down to verse 6. So I want to ask you if you have any boxes okay. or anything yeah. for verses 1 through 5. Well, I've got a couple things on the
1: overview. Uh, Dr. Ellicott okay. is once again being a fuddy-duddy. Um, if we cannot identify the author of this song with any other known individual we must certainly set aside the translate the traditional ascription to David. Psalm 69, 10-12 cannot by any ingenuity be worked into his known history. Psalm 69, verse 20 does not give a picture of David's condition at any time, for he always found a Nathan or a Barzillai even in his darkest hour. So, uh, so once again, uh, Dr. Ellicott's thinking this was not written by David. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, Dr., uh, Dr. MacArthur says uh, on the overview, this psalm is a prayer of desperation. David realizes that because he is hated by others, he may shortly be killed. Much of this psalm was applied to Christ by the New Testament writers. And uh, we will get into that as we, uh, as we proceed. Um, let's see, you said through verse 6? Six? 6 is
0: where I want to pick something
1: okay. up with, yeah. Uh, let's see. I um, wanted to let people know that m- both mire and clay in the Psalms are used as metaphors for dangers and difficulties which entangle a man and incapacitate him from exertion. Um, you can see this in Psalm uh, 40, verse two. Uh, he brought me up out of a horrible pit of tumult and destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, steadying my footsteps and establishing my path. Um, verse four is uh, is our first New Testament reference uh, in John 15:25. Jesus is speaking uh, as to the Hatred the world has for him and his followers. Uh, But this is so the word which has been written in their law would be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. Um, Let's see, the pulpit commentary says of verse 4, Joab and Abiathar, who supported the rebellion of Adonijah in 1 Kings 1-7, and were mighty men, certainly were David's enemies wrongfully. And the same may be said of Absalom and Ahithophel. Um, and we don't need to read uh, seven. That's what I've got uh,
0: through six. What stands out to me in verse six, in particular, mm-hmm. is David wants to be a good example for others. It is paramount, and that has not been the case with. Kings over the centuries, Uh, not even uh, the kings immediately following David in Israel. Uh, David wants to be that example and he doesn't want to discourage others. Here he has discouraged himself, and Mm -hmm. I really do. I don't want to go with the other belief that it's totally someone else writing this psalm and David got credit for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe that it fits in with enough of David's other psalms to say, yeah, he had times. And you know, when you really personally think about it, there I am confident there have been times when I have been so depressed, I didn't feel like anybody was around to help and That's then right. somebody comes around and helps. So even with the example of uh, Nathan's and Abathar's, yeah. uh, it can feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can also go to the extreme, well, yeah, when David committed the adultery with Bathsheba and Nathan came and Really, really put him down uh, for what the sinfulness he had done. Right. That would have been a time of despair. Now, even my my best counsel is against me.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I can certainly see that. Yep. Um, okay. Oh, and uh, um, and I forgot. There is in in verse six. There is another mm-hmm. time when Yahweh is translated God. In the uh, in the amplified, it is uh, uh, do not let those who wait confidently for you be ashamed through me, O Lord God of hosts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, normally, of course, uh, as I uh, as I said in verse in Psalm 68, uh, Yahweh is normally translated as Lord uh, in all caps. But uh, once again, Yahweh is has to be translated as God in all caps because otherwise it'd say. Oh Lord, Lord of hosts. And that sounds kind of repetitive.
0: Yeah. it does. <laughs> All right. So what would you like else? Would you like to bring out in Psalm 69, Bill?
1: Um, let's see. What else do I have? Um, I don't have anything else uh, here for, uh, for sixty nine, um, I kind of ran out of time and uh, and stopped uh, my study. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a busy uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks. I have not made the most. Yes,
0: of my you time. have been. All right. Well, I have two more things in that I would like to do before we move on. Okay. Verse twenty one. So the last stanza, which means for ah, this B, they gave me vinegar to drink refers forward to the time of Jesus on the cross. All the scriptures make reference to Jesus being offered wine vinegar.
2: Mm.
0: See, I probably have the notes here in front of me, so let me do it that way instead of trying to do it by memory, but Let's see, it says, Matthew and Mark narrate that at the early point of the crucifixion, the soldiers try to give Jesus wine to drink, but he refuses. All four Gospels indicate that at some point later during the crucifixion, they gave Jesus wine vinegar to drink, which this time he accepts. So, Boiled wine turns to vinegar. Right. Uh, So we have this example here that David may well have been messianic. He's talking about Jesus even in here without even realizing what it is. Uh, But they gave him wine, vinegar, or yeah, vinegar to drink. References Jesus on the cross. And dropping down to, well, it's not actually dropping down to, but it's anew. In verse 28, let them be erased from the book of life and not be recorded with the righteous. Of course, David's talking about his enemies, Mm -hmm. all those who do not believe in God like he does. He's talking about the book of life. Mm -hmm. It is reference to Revelation but it also has Old Testament references and I didn't write them down. So forgive me, but the book of life is here in this song. And as Christians, of That's course, we want. want. No, I want the wine, uh, the writing in my name and the book of life yes. to happen. I had a voice come across. Female yeah. Female. Uh,
1: yeah. Rudy turned on its phone for a second.
0: Uh <laughs> as i say whatever that was that isn't what i was talking about <laughs> but still we see that you know what there's a book of life mm-hmm. it's referenced not just once in the scriptures find that pretty much nothing in the bible is ever said just once mm-hmm. and that's really important in our faith walk mm-hmm because it shows that it's so important. So many different people were saying the same things, leading to the same point, and the Book of Life is one of those main points. Um, um, let's
1: see. I've got a couple of uh, Old Testament references here for, uh, for it, uh, where it's okay. derived from. Uh, the civil lists or registers of Jews. Uh, Exodus 32, 32, Jeremiah 22, 30, and Ezekiel 13, verse 9. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, definitely the idea of, uh, um, uh, let's see, uh, here in the pulpit commentary, it says, at first a rapier from this list only implied that a man was dead or that a family was extinct. But as death was thought to deprive of all benefits of the covenant, such erasure came to imply exclusion from all the rights and privileges of the theocracy and therefore from the glory of participating in the promised deliverance and restoration of the race and so gradually as eschatological ideas developed from the resurrection to
0: eternal life. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> and whatever this book of life is going to look at in the future, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. I want to... Sp- Specify that because doggone a hundred years ago, if you tried talking to people about computers and keeping all the books in the world, all the written books in the world uh, yeah. together and having them on one flash drive, yeah. they would have they would have probably wanted to call the people in the white coats to bring, take you away. Uh, And who knows what it will look like even further in the future. Yeah. Uh, Yeah,
1: Already it's incomprehensible. If you consider that you can get a micro SD card with a terabyte of space on it, um, uh, you can fit all the music that's ever been written, both known and unknown on, on something No, with no more mass than a sheet of paper.
0: Yes. And, and so, you know, what, but the book of life is easy to understand. Mm -hmm. It was easy for them. It was easy for, mm, pardon me, the people at the time that John wrote Revelation. And it's easy in 2022 to understand the book Mm -hmm. of life because we still have books. I don't know what will happen another hundred years. Uh, I have a room full of books that I haven't even begun to scratch the surface of reading. Me too. That all about <laughs> God and Jesus. Oh, mine aren't all about God and Jesus. Well, I have others in addition, but they're in a different room. Well, most of them. I shouldn't say all of them. <laughs> uh, because I keep going back and forth to others. And when we are like a sponge Mm -hmm. trying to soak up the water the information about Jesus we're doing good and I have no no problem I do have a little bit of problem with Sunday mornings not having a Bible up on the platform with me Mm
2: -hmm. when in
0: fact I am having them project the scriptures up on the screen uh, and reading from that because, frankly, the print in my Bible is so small, and it's really nice to have it in larger print up on the screen where I can see it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and yet I still feel a little bit naked without it. Okay. So, you know, we have those kinds of examples. But the Book of Life. I want to make sure I'm in it and I stay in it. I do not want to go against God Absolutely. and have it erased. But that does tell us that it is possible to lose salvation. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different conversation at another time. That's that's one for a Saturday. Um, at <laughs> least a Saturday, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I am done with that with Psalm 69. Okay. Shall we go on to 70 or have we... Uh, oh, time?
1: where's our time? What's our time? Our time. And, yeah, we're about to time. So we can we can stop there. We don't have enough time to get through a significant portion of 70.
0: So we will pick up with Psalm, uh, 70. Psalm 70. Even though it's a short one, we'll do that next okay. week. I promise.
1: Cool. Then we certainly shall. And uh, um, that really
0: going to be the first of November. It really is going to be the first of November. That is just amazing how how quickly and how slow this year has traveled.
1: Yeah, it's certainly been one. And it's not it's not quite over yet. So uh, we've still got we've still got a ways to go. So some more amazing things can happen
0: yes between now and then i think we need to pick up our pace on the psalms or we're never going to get them through though we've (laughs) yeah only done a couple the last few times yep i know Um, i know so yeah
1: so we'll we'll start picking we'll start picking the pace up again there i promise okay okay gentle inquisitor if you have come this far with us perhaps you will come a little bit further and join us in this family we call christianity we don't do this with sacrifice because that's already been taken care of once and for all by uh, by our Lord Jesus Christ. And we don't use magical spells or mystical ceremonies. No. And in, in fact, all we do is say a few simple words, um, because if you profess with your mouth that uh, he is Lord, then uh, you know and believe in your heart. Then that is it. Um, you uh you enter through the narrow gate and follow the narrow path and uh and there you are um because uh, salvation is uh, is a process something that must be worked out according to paul and uh so uh so we start this whole process by saying the sinner's prayer and uh um we do this to align our hearts with that of god and begin our journey or continue our journey uh, because all have sinned and fallen, and continually fallen short of the glory of God. And so whether you've been a believer for a second or a century, it is necessary to realign your heart with that of the Lord's on a regular basis. Uh, some people need it daily, some more often than that. And so, uh, um, so we invite you to say with us the Sinner's Prayer. And uh, so join us now as we do just that. Dear Lord.
0: Dear Lord I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Teach me to love
1: you with all my heart mind soul and strength. Teach me to love you with all
0: my heart mind soul and strength. And show me how to love my neighbor as myself. And show me how to love my neighbor as myself. Help me to do the work you would have me do for your kingdom. Help me to continue doing the work you have for me in your kingdom. And guide my steps along the path you would have me take. And continue guiding my steps along the path you have for me. Come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Remain in my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And all
1: these things we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
0: And all these things we pray in Jesus' holy
1: name, Amen. And so it begins. Uh, it's a Tuesday, so a lot of churches have uh, midweek uh, uh, services um, that you can find and uh, participate in, and uh, start to uh, well start to fellowship with your fellow believers, and join the assembly, the uh, the. Oh, what's, uh, I'm trying to think of the, I was trying to think of the word, I had the word there for a second, the ecclesia.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> the early yeah. gathering of believers. The gathering of believers.
1: And, uh, find out what your next steps are going to be because this isn't, uh, this isn't a be all, end all, done, one and done. No, this is the first step. And, uh, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So, uh, There you go. Get off on your journey. And uh, this is not the only program we have uh, for you over the course of the week. No, indeed, we have three. Uh, The next one in order would be uh, not quite after midnight, which uh, will be on Thursday. And, oops, that's the wrong day. Uh, Let's see. And this week is the 27th, so... Uh, we'll be the 27th, and we'll have Lynn Hightower and Brad C. Anderson, a couple of authors. Um, Lynn, uh, Lynn Hightower has been, uh, as an award-winning author, and, uh, and Brad happens to also be into his puppy dog. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be an interesting, uh, an interesting conversation between the three of us, and, uh, as have been the last few, um, we actually got almost two hours on uh, on one of them the other week because it was just so interesting. We didn't realize how late it had gotten, and uh, it was almost after midnight for the uh, for my guests because they were on the East Coast.
2: Wow. But,
1: uh, um, but yeah, and then uh, I had one who it was definitely over after midnight because he was in London. So, <laughs> mm. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's the one where we got over twenty thousand views on YouTube. But uh, uh, which, like I thought, it would help the numbers for the other shows, uh, because uh, um, we started getting hundred plus views on uh, on YWL uh, right around uh, that same time. So uh, so yeah, so the one show helps the others. But speaking of other shows, uh, Saturdays um, is YWL online. Anything can happen Saturday, and this Saturday we will be continuing on with. Let's see, it's Second uh, Corinthians 5, right? The Imputation and Bemacy. Yep, verse 8. Verse 8. So uh, join us for that. If you missed the first part, uh, go back and rewatch it. It's available still. Just scroll on down that list and uh, and you'll find it. And uh, definitely read uh, 2 Corinthians 5 so you can join in the conversation. We'd be happy to have you join in the conversation with any of our uh with any of our uh uh, studies um and so uh uh so please make use of the comment and uh and mess direct messaging features available in many social uh in many social uh media platforms so that uh, we can hear from you and know uh know what direction you're going and seeing if we're saying the right things um, so, uh, uh, then, uh, a week from tonight will be another episode of YWL Online's totally approachable Bible study for all, where we will be continuing our journey through, through Psalms with Psalm number 70. So, uh, with that, I think we're about done. Do you fine gentlemen have anything to
0: say to the nice people? I love you all. I want to walk with the Lord and god's blessing from poplar bluff missouri indeed uh, god's
1: blessing from santa Ana, california um please be safe out there remember to wash your hands and stay tuned for the ending credits thank you for tuning in this has been a presentation of bald spots productions i'd like to thank my producer my beloved mother eileen hatch i am of course your humble host And I'd like to thank my co-host, my beloved father, Chaplain Bill Hatch, and my beloved Ed McMahon, Rudy Corleone. If you feel so led, go over to Patreon and support the show. We're Bald Spots Pro, and uh, um, we'd certainly be happy to have you. Don't miss Not Quite After Midnight. It's available on Facebook, YouTube, and uh, wherever fine podcasts are proffered. Please like, comment, and share to stay informed. Um, subscribe, follow, whatever it is got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us to reach more people because that's what's really important here is reaching people for God. So uh, that's it, and thanks again for listening. Bye.